She's back, and welcome back to you to the Berry Natal Podcast. This is Meg Duke, so happy you are spending this time with us. This week, Alicia Bowker has returned. She was previously here on episode 22, Myth Busting and the Perinatal Experience, and this week we have quite the treat for you. We talk about many things, about how to try to level up your 2024, ways to be more confident in your voice, taking up space, all of the above. Alicia Bowker is an LCSW and has been working with children, youth, families, and adults for over 12 years. Her expertise is in both trauma and working with perinatal mood disorders. She worked for five years at a leading New York crime victims agency where she served as a clinical therapist, supervisor, crisis counselor, and administrator. During her time in New Orleans, she was a member of the trauma psychology team at the Level 1 Trauma Center, as well as the coordinator of a hospital-wide wellness program. Alicia currently resides in Miami, Florida, and has a private practice specializing in work with clients who have experienced infertility, pregnancy loss, or perinatal mood disorders. She also holds the role of mental health coach for the Birth Recovery Center community, providing support to new moms via an app platform. Additionally, she has worked intermittently as a teaching assistant for Columbia University's School of Social Work online campus since 2016. Most recently, she opened a new business to provide coaching to women looking to level up, embrace their worth, and step into their full potential. She offers one-to-one coaching, digital courses, and on-demand resources, as well as group coaching. She's currently working toward her Associate Certified Coach ACC credential through the ICF. All of this information will be in the links in the bio, of course. Everyone, thank you so much again for spending your time with us here at the Perinatal Podcast. Here's Alicia. This episode of the Perinatal Podcast is supported by Needed, optimal nutrition for mamas before, during, and after pregnancy. My current favorites are Stress Support with Adaptogenic and Nervine Botanicals selected and dosed to balance and uplift me. Immune Support because no matter the time of year, my children bring home all kinds of germs from school. And Collagen Protein, which helps support joints, pelvic floor tissue, skin elasticity, and hair and nail strength. Use code PERINATALPODCAST for 20% off one-time purchase orders or for the first three months of our one-month subscription option. Your mental health is your dopest self, but you don't have to tend to it by yourself. Get a tribe, get inspired, and you'll get ahead. Get someone to talk to, don't keep it bottled in. You're beautifully human, you should remember this. So it's okay for you to feel emotions. At times we all need to clear our heads. And when you do, just holler at Therapy by Meg. Hello. Hi. Hello. How are you? I'm good. I'm glad it's Friday. Amen. But... <laughs> Alicia, welcome back to the Perinatal Podcast. It's such a pleasure to have you here as always to be here it's exciting to be back with a whole new name and everything so. I know rebrand I was actually thinking I need to put I'll put the link in the episode show notes if you are listening to this episode listeners and you have not listened to Alicia's first episode finish this one now but then skip on back to the other one which I will put in the show notes because we already have had conversations before here's Meg from the editing bay that would be episode 21D2, which we mentioned in the beginning of the episode, and it is in the show notes, Myth Busting and the Perinatal Experience. Make sure you give that a listen after you finish this one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so wonderful. All right, so catch me up. What is going on with you these days? 
Lots of exciting new ventures. I'm still yes. doing therapy. Uh, still have a virtual practice. Enjoying that work. It's going well. Yeah. But in the last, I don't even know, in the last of 2023, I don't know how many months it's been, I started a second business and I'm currently working towards my certification for coaching. Mm -hmm. And I'm now doing a bunch of fun endeavors in the coaching world. So very separate from my therapy business and hat, uh, they're, they're separate companies and all of that, but I still bring that expertise and background I have as a therapist into mm -hmm. the coaching world, but it's a fun and different space. And it's been exciting to kind of use some of those creative energies and something new and different and get to reach more people. So, and even a different kind of population. So yeah. Can you, for people who, for our listeners who may be a little confused, cause we see, you know, on Instagram, right? We see all these, take this masterclass. We see all these, I do this thing. We see all these coaches, right? Mm -hmm. Can you help people understand kind of what the difference between therapy and coaching and like certainly tell them a little bit more about your program that you're taking with Liz and Give us a little more peek into the into the story. Yeah, so to be a therapist, you have to have some sort of credentials and licensure, which means that you went to school, you got some form of a degree, you passed some kind of test, you did some set of hours. So different degrees require different things. You have LCSWs, which is what we are. You have uh, LPCs, LMFTs, you could have psychologists a psychiatrist, right? So you're getting all these different types of folks, but the, the theme there is that you have an education, a backing from an accredited school and from an accredited board uh, that you've passed a test and that you've said, I am certified and allowed to do X, Y, and Z. And within every degree and licensure, there are different rules and kind of guidelines that you have to follow and keep up with. The other unique thing about therapy is that it generally involves a diagnosis, especially if you're using insurance. So it's something that we is more medical model based in certain ways. And there is a problem. There's a diagnosis. I'm coming in with a level of expertise in X, Y, or Z area. And then I'm going to partner and work with you, but offer my expertise along the way, maybe a different, there's many different treatment modalities, things like that to help resolve said problems, symptoms, et cetera, help you function better. And that's sort of the goal of therapy, especially in the world of insurance when we're billing and we're using um, like diagnosis and codes and things like that. Mm -hmm. Also something you can do, you can use insurance for therapy, right? right? So it's, I appreciate the structure. I appreciate the, the checks and balances. I think it's so important that that has so many like regulations on some level because we are dealing with, things like mental health and big diagnoses. And, and we want to make sure people aren't just kind of like free reign doing whatever they want and right to keep everyone safe, right? Uh, that's the therapist, the client, et cetera. But then with coaching, which is a little bit more like the wild west, uh, I, it has gotten much more popular. So my guess is in the years to come, it's going to be potentially maybe become more regulated. I don't really, I don't really know, but I could see people may be trying to do that just because it has become so popular in a very profitable industry. Mm -hmm. We always, you know, people like to have an in on the piece of the pie, <laughs> so to speak, but it is pretty much anyone could show up and say they are a coach. 
Now, is that the coach you want? Maybe right. not, maybe. Uh, but you don't have to have certification. You don't have to be accredited. You don't even have to necessarily have proof that you have special expertise in whatever it is that you're coaching on. It's a little more, you should probably do a little more vetting, right? But with coaching, we're not diagnosing. There is no getting into the past. We're not unpacking things, looking backwards. We're not billing insurance. It's all about now and the future. Yes. And so setting very clear goals. It's often more short term. Like if you're with a coach for a goal for a really long time, is that are you doing good coaching there? Right. The goal is it's more short term. It's more concrete. As the consumer, you are totally in charge. The coach almost doesn't even have to be in the room, essentially, if they're really doing their job. But they are there to ask the questions, to help keep you accountable, to help guide and navigate. But it's separate that I don't need the expertise in what you need to be coached around to help you out. Whereas yeah. if you were coming to me as a therapy client wanting to work on, let's say your ADHD, but that's not really a specialty of mine. I know a little bit about it, but I don't have a lot of expertise tools to offer you. And I probably wouldn't be the best therapist for you in that setting. Sure. That kind of so I think those are some of the bigger like future and present for coaching past is a huge part of therapy. We don't touch the past in coaching. That's not that space. That's not what it's for. I don't care why Christmas is hard for you. You just want it to be easier. Let's figure out how it's going to be easier. Right. Whereas yes. in therapy, I'd be like, well, tell me more. What happened when you were a kid? Blah, blah. You know, I'd want to unpack all that. So it's hard to wear the different hats, but sure. they're really unique, but there is some overlap. I think you can definitely do some coaching and therapy. You should never be doing therapy and coaching. Right. But, um, and you shouldn't have your your therapy client should not become your coaching client and vice versa. Again, I think just to make it less confusing and to really keep the integrity of the space and the relationship, because again, there are different rules of interactions with clients and things like that. It's always helpful to keep them pretty separate, but that's sort of like the big difference. Yeah. It can get more nuanced, but I think that's maybe an easy way to kind of understand it. No, I mean, I think obviously we could do a whole 60 minutes on just the differences in that, but that really makes so much sense because I I do think people come here and listen because they want to understand more things. I know I personally, professionally have found stressors from regulations, limitations, no federal licensure for social workers, um, for example. Um and yeah, I, you know, I, I love like a very solution focused vantage point, right? Like sometimes, you know, I, I took the solution focused brief therapy training for three days out in uh, Colorado, which was amazing. And they were talking about, you know, there are no longitudinal studies that show that you have to unpack a trauma to be able to move forward from it. You can just talk about where you want to go and why you want to be there. I loved your example of Christmas. Like I don't, I'm coach Alicia does not care why coach Alicia wants to figure out what are we doing in 2023 to make these holidays less miserable for you. And let's go. Whereas therapist Alicia is like, so when you were a child you or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I do want to mention that there are certified coaches and the, yes. the international yes. coaching federation is validated. Yes. It's amazing. Just the thing is you don't have to have that accreditation to say you're a coach or offer coaching services. Whereas Absolutely. I have to have a license and yes. my degree behind, you know, and like 
to put an LCSW after my name. I can't just say today I'm going to be that. And that would be illegal. I'd be yeah. in big trouble. So yeah. I believe training is always helpful. I'm currently in a training program with Liz Lasky. She's amazing. She's a therapist. Shout out Liz Lasky. And it's a coaching uh, certification program for helping professionals. So it's great to be amongst my own people and dive in there with the struggles of the differences and how to yeah. unlearn what we've learned as therapists. But again, it's not required. So just as a consumer, that's something to be thoughtful of is when you're looking into getting a coach, you want to maybe see, do they have a certification? It means they went that extra step and that is a little more credibility. Or if they don't, maybe they don't need it, but what actual expertise or training or experience do they have to really offer this for that price point? Or could you get the same advice from your local, you know, hardware store about how to build the bench? So I think it's, it's just sort of knowing that it doesn't come with the same, um, blue check as therapists do in the coaching world, you maybe have to dig a little bit deeper. Okay. I like that. The blue check. Yeah. That makes sense. And I love, so obviously, um, I will post, you know, alicia.bowker.mudrock, um, and all of the other places that people can find you sign up for her newsletter. We're going to talk about some of her offerings. Um, all of that will be in the show notes, but I love like your energy of like reclaiming your yes. And that's something that I even, I get for me, I always get energized by looking on your, I mean, obviously we text daily anyway, so on Instagram, but I just, I love it. I think it's so great. Can you, can you kind of talk to people about like, how did you, how did that kind of become one of the things that was so motivating for you and why is it important to reclaim your yes? Yeah, I, I've worked with a lot of different types of clients over my years in a therapist world. And I've also just have a ton of girlfriends around my age, naturally. Yeah. And I think one of the constant themes that just continues to pop up is how, particularly as people born female, we're socialized to be so compliant, to put ourselves yes. last, yes. to take the path of least resistance, to not be too loud, too big, too much of a problem. Mm. And especially if you grow up in any sort of religious community, the evangelical culture I can speak to, you're just really, your voice is muted or it's taught to be less than or be meek and mild yes and that bothers me because I don't think that's real and I think it leads to a life of feeling unfulfilled unhappy resentful it can lead to like a lot of abuse dynamics and it's right for people to take advantage and things like that so as a coach I really wanted to market to women like 20s to 40s obviously maybe someone outside of that it's, but that's kind of the target audience that I'm generally thinking of when I'm putting things out, but just around empowerment and how to reclaim your yes in the sense that I'll say yes, because I want to, not because I feel like I have to, or I'm guilted into it, or I'm too afraid to say no, but how can I become more confident and strong in my voice and feel really empowered and proud and excited to lean into that space. And it doesn't mean we have to stop taking care of people. It doesn't mean we have to be mean or rude. It doesn't mean we have to be selfish. Mm -hmm. It's it's viewing it all from a different way where if we're really thinking about ourselves first and if I'm really being intentional and saying like, actually I do wanna do that and I'm gonna say yes, I'm gonna show up in such a different way mm -hmm. than if I'm just saying yes to the things because I feel like I'm supposed to, then yeah. what's the point of me even really being there? Or it could cause a bigger problem later Yes. On. Yes, absolutely. It's I can't hardly get through a day without referencing Brene Brown. And I acknowledge that. And my listeners are like, yeah, Meg, we know. But 
it the, she did a longitudinal study and the people who have the most space for compassion the people who have the strongest boundaries because they're not filling that space that emotional space with resentment they're yeah. saying yes intentionally because they want to be there yeah. versus lugging around the yes because i have to or i felt compelled you're not showing up at your best space there no and if you're always putting everyone else even especially for your listeners your kids if you're always putting them first yeah in a way that is putting you last that's not helpful to your kids and it's definitely not helpful to you mm-hmm. and i think there is a way to say in this role i will take more of a backseat at times or i will be smaller i have to show up differently for my four-year-old yes. than i have to as a friend you know to my 30 year old friend yes, yes. but at the end of the day it's still considering yourself and even if you're saying okay kid i'll read you the story for the seventh time even if i don't want to but i'm making the choice to do it uh-huh. that's a different engagement than i have to read this story right no i'm gonna read it mm-hmm. i'm kind of over it this is the last time like fine but yeah. I'm, I'm still stepping into that and choosing it i'm not feeling like someone's making me because yeah. in that way, you're giving your four-year-old power that they don't deserve or, or need <laughs> and you're losing yeah. it for yourself right like i think we can still do things we don't love or want but still within our own power and yeah. that's that mindset shift yeah, that's so beautiful. The the way that you've you've put that and you're you're very right. I, I think I wish we could come up with a new word for selfish. Like there's selfish, I'm going to take care of myself. Like <clears throat> so I apologize. I've been having a sinus infection all week. So those of you who are watching on YouTube are gonna see that I keep muting myself and coughing. And those of you who are on audio only are like, what? I don't know what you're talking about. So anyway, um, <clears throat> but yeah, and and be like there's a difference between like I like the Backstreet Boys and you hate the Backstreet Boys, but I'm driving, so I'm going to make you listen to the Backstreet Boys. That's a bad kind of selfish. That's a not thoughtful kind of thing. But the space of saying, like, I don't have the capacity for that, or I don't have the energy, or that's not something I'm interested in. Or And also, too, you go into, I mean, we could have another full conversation about that. The boundaries that you set and show for your children are so important, not only for them understanding that they don't always get their way, but being able to say like, okay, I'm going to read it two more times and then we're done. So okay, now one more time and kind of setting them up for a transition, but also for them, if they choose to get married, if they choose to have children, which you don't have to do one to have the other, um, they can see when you set those boundaries, that that's how you, what you expect from a partner. That's what you expect of your children, that you as a parent yourself, should you decide to have children, which I constantly tell my kids like, I mean, they're only two and four, but I'm really thinking no expectations of you do it's your one beautiful life. But to say, like, we don't need to make ourselves burnt out and we don't always have to put other people first, including the children that we brought into this world in one way or another. It's a really good. It's that same conversation. Like, what would you say to a friend? Like, what would you say to your daughter if she was a mother? Mm hmm. And she was behaving this way. You would tell her, get some help, take a break. Da, 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 ba, ba, ba. Yep. But it's so hard for us to do that. We have these expectations of ourselves and, and it's a good thing to do that. Yeah. And I think it's also just continuing to break out of that cycle of we don't have to make everybody happy. Me saying like, I'm not going to read the bedtime story for the seventh time and your kid being upset doesn't mean you're a bad mom or like you've ruined them. It's just that they didn't like the boundary you set, but the boundary was important for you. Yes. Yes. Or I'm not going to actually go to your holiday party. Sorry. Your friend might be disappointed or try to like guilt trip you or your parents are mad you're not coming home for Christmas or whatever else. But 
the boundary is not there for them. It's for you. And ultimately it doesn't serve you to be the one that's miserable because you're in charge of your life. You're in your driver's seat. Like stop letting other people drive you around your life. It's, it is. I mean, I think selfish is a fine word. Like you're allowed to be selfish. Like this is my life. This is my time. This is my energy. This is my space. This is my choices. And we can make whatever ones we make and people can make theirs. Right. And I think we need to stop being so caught up and hurt and worried and offended and involved in everyone else's because that's theirs to make. (laughs) It might have impacts on us. We can have our feelings, but like at the end of the day, it's not that personal. It really isn't. You know, it's it's more like, what's my relationship with myself? And if I'm taking care of that, all the others are going to be pretty okay. It's when we're not taking care of this one and we're not on the same page with ourselves that uh, we find there's a lot more turmoil and trouble in the other areas of our lives. Yeah. Which feels counterintuitive for what we've been taught, but that's actually the way that it works. You know, we have, I do. So I, I'm, I'm a therapist, you know, obviously you know that. And those, when you listen to the first episode with Alicia, you will hear this story, but you are the reason that I got into it. I said, I don't want to be a therapist. And you're like, I'm in social work school, check it out. And that's how I became a social worker. Um, and so I do a lot of unpacking of that. I do have those conversations with people where they're like, why am I not content in this way? Why does it feel icky when I set boundaries? Why does it da da da? And it's like because I mean, not to be too Barbie, but like because the patriarchal capitalistic society has taught AFAB humans um, that we have to be quiet and take care and fix and do and cook and caretake. Always. I mean, even to the point of the Barbie movie, if you all haven't seen at the beginning of it, talks about there were baby dolls because that's what little girls were taught to do was to take care of babies because you'll grow up and make babies. And and so we I do a lot of unpacking of that with people. They're like, why am I still stressed? Like, I know that I need to take up space. I know that I can relax. I know that what I'm doing is enough, air, air quotes, enough. And yet I'm like, yeah, well, that's that's that core belief that that's an external voice that's feeding into that core belief yeah and that's why I think with the things I'm trying to offer for coaching I'm gonna have a digital course coming out sometime next year called reclaim your yes yes around those like top five or six areas that we have such a hard time doing that like physical health mental health interpersonal relationships family with our own self-talk with our time management and work balance. Mm-hmm. And I'm also starting a awesome book club with a twist experience in January. It'll be one yes. year long. We're yes. going to read six books. So every two months, you get two months on the books because they're all going to be a bit meatier than your average fiction or biography that maybe you're reading in your local book club that often consists of lots of wine and cheese and talking about the latest gossip which is great. Keep that one too. Love it, but of course. In this one, we're going to have an awesome community where year long, you can dive into that community space and connect with the other members ongoing. They could be sidebars. It could be about the books, but then there will be a monthly meetup each month where we're going to connect and talk through more of like that coaching perspective of, okay, what are we getting out of this book and how are you applying it to your life and how are you moving the needle in these different areas? Yes. And I'm also going to create a really nice like journal that 
curate a journal that you'll use while you go through the books to really take the most out because I'm choosing more of the self-help world books, but I've been reading a lot and it's, I'm thinking very thoughtfully about which ones I choose, yes. but they will touch on some of those similar topics. And I think that this is a small way we can, a big way that we can begin to do something about the things we're talking about, right? Because, okay, we know we've been socialized a certain way, but like now what, or this like tool here is helpful or that, but this is yes. really getting to like the core of maybe you're kind of strong in certain areas. So that will be a little bit of an easier section, but you're still going to learn something, but maybe there's parts you're really struggling the way you talk to yourself, the way you set boundaries with your family, the way you yes. do X, Y, or Z. And so that's where we want to dive in even deeper. And I'm, I love to connect people. I love to talk with people. I obviously don't know all the things. And the beautiful thing about coaching is I'm not supposed to know all the things. Not supposed to. But I want to bring us all together to really learn from other great writers, learn from each other, and create that space where we're not alone in this. And we're all sort of struggling with similar stuff. And some of us have strengths where others don't. So we can like help and lean on and grow together. So yeah, I'm really pumped about it. I think it's going to be a really... I haven't seen, I've tried to like Google that. I haven't really seen this done before in this way, totally. So I'm, I, I'm excited to see how it goes, but I think yeah. it can be a really rich experience. So I am, I can't wait. I'm like, go ahead and launch it now. <laughs> you are also, honestly, you are, you're such an inspiration to me because you're all the time like, Hey guys, I just finished this book. Hey guys, I just finished this book. Here's what Here I think about it. Here's what I liked it. Here's what I didn't like. Yeah do read it, don't read it, whatever. And I don't, and I'm, I'm very intentional. My mom and I had this conversation this week. I do not make time to read. I think, um, I've kind of gotten into a pattern. We put the kids down, we sit down and watch welcome to Wrexham or when in Ted Lasso, you know, like we catch up on whatever on TV, uh, Abbott elementary. And it's lovely because we talk about the things that we're watching. It's not entirely passive, but I do, gosh, there's something about like, wouldn't it be nice if we just both sat on the couch and read? next to each other and we could talk about what we're reading sir so i want to be more and i'm really that's why i'm really motivated by the book club because i haven't heard anything like this really before i mean certainly again your local gal pals or whatever or but puts up like her book of the month and everyone reads it but again you're not and maybe there's a space where i'm not in it but like it's it's there it's fiction which there's a space for that i love those too but it's a little more just like just get reading more and read more fun books. Whereas this, I really want it to be about like yes. self growth beyond yes. just I read a self health book. I don't know. There was some good stuff in it. Well, right? I think you proactively integrate it and really use it. That's what's really nice about having that space. I had a a, a group of my girlfriends. We used to do a book club when life was a little well during quarantine when we had more time. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> excuses, excuses. But yeah, so we read like adult children of immature parents and like we would read a chapter and each week we would meet on Zoom and we would talk about it and pack it because it was meaningful to them with their their childhoods. And we read Whitney Cummings book and we were reading that by mm -hmm. chapter and like, but then really unpacking it, like I use that term colloquially, not therapeutically. Um, yeah. We would just kind of talk about the things like we would take notes and talk with about. It. And it's so nice when you read something like I remember I read Untamed by Glennon Doyle and then bought it for like seven different people. and like. Yeah. You wanted somebody to talk to about it. Like oh, yeah. just yeah. happened. Like, yeah. yes. And so it's really, really exciting. And I can't wait for you to officially launch it. And I can't wait to meet some new people. And I know certainly we've got some friends who are also going to be in it too and get to connect and communicate with them in different ways. And it's just, it's really, I'm so excited. It's a genius, brilliant idea. And people are going to get so much out of it. The Perinatal Podcast is supported by Mom and Dad, makers of exceedingly comfortable and stylish pumping, nursing, and maternity bras. 
Specially designed clips and straps allow for easy access to feed your little one. The design is specified to support the extra weight and increased size of your chest as milk starts to build. And the beautiful fabrics and colors are created to help you feel sexy and current. Go to mominda underscore bras on Instagram, us.mominda.cc for my listeners in the States, and shop.mominda.cc for my international listeners. Use code perinatal for 10% off your entire order of $40 or more. The Perinatal Podcast is supported by Daily Harvest. It's easy to make fruits and vegetables part of your daily routine with Daily Harvest. Delicious, chef-crafted foods delivered to your door and ready in minutes. I'm a busy mama who admittedly doesn't always make getting my daily veggies a priority, so Daily Harvest has taken a lot of that work off my plate. Organic, nourishing, clean foods with no artificial anything, ready to go in minutes, it's a no-brainer. Use code PERINATAL at checkout for $40 off your first box. And I can't take all the credit, and my good friend Brittany looked at me on her bachelorette trip at like 1 a.m. while we were sitting in the hot tub, just relaxing after the day. And she was like, you should start a book club. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And then shout here we Brittany. So thank you, Brittany. Uh, shout Love out to Brittany. Her. But yes, I, she too loves to read and loves a good book club. And it, um, it just kind of evolved. And I think that's the beauty too about starting another business and it's with more freedom. I don't want to do stuff I don't want to do. So yeah. I would want to do this. So I'm going to make a product I would want to buy because my market audience is myself, people like me. Yes. Right. Yes. So I, I think that also gets exciting where I do love therapy. I love being in that role. It's, it's very fulfilling, but it's just very different. And I don't get to be as much myself. That's not the purpose of it, me in that space. And so this gets to tap into some other parts of me that don't always get to be as forward in yeah. you know, the therapist hat. So it will go on sale Black Friday. It'll be a huge, awesome sale, over 50% off for like three or four days starting Black Friday. And then it will go back to its normal, but it's a monthly fee. So it won't be too much of a huge cost at the beginning. And yeah. you'll get a little welcome gift. Books are not included, but all these books you can get from your library for the library, most part. Yeah. You can do on Audible, Kindle, but nothing's too expensive. So yeah. it shouldn't be too much of an extra cost. Um, As we discussed last week, it's not like making somebody buy a DSM for a hundred and six. None of the books I'm choosing are above like probably 20 would be the highest yeah. <laughs> if you really wanted the hardcover. So yes. yeah. And listeners, this is my soapbox. I tell I talk to my students about this all the time at KU. Like go to your local library or don't even go now. Everything's digital. You can on your, I use the app. I get library the app? all the time. The, yeah. You can get a lot of them have audio components. Some of them have, I think some of them have CDs still, but whose car has a CD player or computer anymore? I have a CD player. <laughs> right? Like I don't, I don't have, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah. And, and certainly the digital versions, or even if you like the feel of the paperback in your hand, and then certainly the ones that you feel more inclined to certain purchase. And I, I love highlighting and writing all over books and keeping notes as well, but that'll be really really great. And the monthly fee is nice too. Cause I know sometimes that can be the sticker shock of like for this much for the year, but yeah. yeah. And it's the holidays. So at least you won't owe it all at once. Yeah. But. I was thinking when you were talking about like, again, coming back to like, we're talking about reclaiming your yes and talking about finding your voice. There was a Nicola Jane Hobbs quote where she was talking about like growing up, she never knew a relaxed woman. Like, mm. again, this comes back to, and again, Coaching is all future oriented, but the therapist Meg, of course, is going to 
bring up past them too. But she was talking about like anxious, productive, successful. Yes. But like people who she doesn't know women who are not afraid to take up space in the world or prioritize rest and permission to relax. And I talk a lot about rest as productive and how hard that is for people, Um, especially AFAB women like I I just it's so interesting because we were told how to be meek and mild little girls and to do and um and it's like how do we become that person who is unapologetically restful and how do we unapologetically say no sometimes yeah and how do we unapologetically use our voice and get loud sometimes yes big and take up space because that doesn't always have to be abrasive or braggy or boastful or bitchy or whatever other words, you know, people yeah. competed, but, you know, I think there's room for all of it and there's room for all the different personalities in between. And it's just kind of figuring out what your thumbprint, what your, and it will evolve, I think too, in different seasons and different roles and different spaces. But again, it's, it's, coming in with the intention of I'm choosing X, Y, and Z. I, I'm owning this. I know I'm doing this. I'm not like letting it happen to me or I'm not saying, well, someone else made me do it or that's what I had to do, right? And I'll just caveat, obviously there are situations where safety is involved and we need to act in a way that will keep us alive and safe. And this is not necessarily the, the message for those type of scenarios, relationships, environments. But let's assume everyone is safe. There's not abuse occurring, that it is okay to really step into your own power. Then I think that's um, something to consider. And it sounds a little scary, but it can be so freeing. Mm -hmm. And I think we can always learn how to do it. I don't know if we're ever going to be done, but it gets more comfortable. We get more familiar with it. We can notice when we're not you know, we're sitting back in the passenger seat and we're like, oh, what am I doing? You know, like, let me get back in that driver's seat. And I think that that can be just that ongoing check-in that we get more familiar with over time. So that's an important thing too. I think people often, especially in therapy, but I imagine also in your coaching experiences, they have this idea of like a finish line or the end zone. Like if I do this, then I'm going to be here and I'm never going to and I'm like, I can be the best therapist in the world. And I can never guarantee you a perfect day every day, but I can't like life happens. And I don't want to be bleak, but life's hard. Yeah. Yeah. And it's instead being able to, to reframe the way that you're looking at things and be more responsive and less reactive and being intentional about those thoughts. And, um, and yeah, and that's the thing too, right? Like you can't really have a lot of change without some discomfort. No. And I think that something that I've always tried to live by is the minute you get comfortable, you need to start doing something different because if you're comfortable, like you're not growing and something's wrong. So -hmm. it's not to say you're constantly uncomfortable and uncertain and untethered, but the minute you're complacent, things feel so easy. Everything's wonderful. Like you've probably stopped growing and that's not helpful. So what needs to switch up, whether you literally need to move, (laughs) you need to change relationships, you need to change jobs. You just need to like reorganize your bedroom. You need to pick up a new habit. You need to do a different workout. Like it doesn't have, you need to eat a little different breakfast. Like it doesn't have to be so dramatic, but it it usually means something needs, we need to keep moving the needle a bit. 
yeah. because we're getting, we're getting stuck and that's yeah. going to end up working against us over time, you know? Well, and I've had this conversation with multiple clients this week, even about how long does it take to create a habit? How long have you been doing the habit? The expectation, even once you have this coaching in your life of like, okay, I've been doing it for six weeks. Let's go. And it's like, yes, but you've been doing that behavior for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, I'm 38. Like <laughs> you're almost 30. Well, I'm saying your age out, out loud, but it is November, the month of Alicia. <laughs> Alicia, your name is not Alicia. Um, Alicia. Sorry, I just had a flashback to when we met and you, I put your phone, your name in my phone and I typed it, Alicia. And you're like, actually it's spelled phonetic. I was like, oh, okay. There's me where I'll be loud about it. Do not spell my name wrong. <laughs> I went, right? And also funny. how terrible would it be? Of course, now at this point, I would have figured it out, but like. Right, but if I was so polite about it and you had spelled my name wrong for my whole life. Like, yeah. You're was, I would have left, you? at this point, I would have left it in my phone that way right. as a joke, but like, yeah. Right. And then I would have. Right. At some point, honestly, too, that's, oh gosh, I'm sorry. I'm like such a reference queen. But one of my supervisees today was talking about like straightforwardness is compassion. Like having yes. expectations of somebody up front and being candid is the kind thing to do. Because think about how awkward that conversation would have been for us. And it's not the end of the world. How you spell your name is important, but like we would have gotten to know each other in other ways. But like then weeks, months, a year later, having to be like, by the way, that's not how you spell my name versus no. versus just saying in the moment. And it's so hard for some people. It's so hard. It's like sending back soup at a restaurant. It's so hard for some people, but it's like, look, a mistake was made. I don't hate you. This is not what I ordered. I'd like it fixed, but that's so, I mean, that's impossible for some people. Impossible. Yeah. yeah. Not impossible. Feels impossible. Is yeah. possible. Definitely not impossible, but feels like it would be the end of the world to do that. Yes. Yes. It's like, I'm reading Carol Dweck's, um, book um mindset right now and I love it it's amazing and it's really helpful for me and it's helpful for like kind of helping me figure out how I want to be a parent and it talks about the difference between like a fixed and a growth mindset and people who mm -hmm. are like have a fixed mindset you're born with a certain limit level of intelligence and ability and that's kind of it and those are the people who want to do the same puzzle over and over again because they figured it out and that feels really good versus people with the growth mindset of like I'm really excited to be challenged and try something new yeah. and it's hard because you're putting yourself out there but I think that's the other thing too I feel like the world these days expects us to always have a yes I haven't have the answer not a yes but an answer and I try so hard to every day to be like I don't know let's let's look that up or I'm not sure you know but yep. I don't know I think is kind of taboo I think I don't know how we kind of got there in society, but I think it's a good thing to have that growth mindset and say like, I'm going to suck at this. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you're not going to be a good coaching client. If you don't have a growth mindset, you can't coach someone who's in a fixed mindset. Right. Because there's no movement to be made. Right. So you could potentially try to do some like forever therapy that doesn't go anywhere with someone with a fixed mindset, yeah. but you're definitely not doing coaching. Like that person yeah. has to be in that growth space change space well and, and how interesting would that be if people recognized that they were in a fixed mindset and came to coaching with like but I'm willing to listen like I but I'm I would argue they're not fixed then they're already a little bit outside of that right sure well I think that there's a spectrum too yeah I think there are people who have mostly a fixed mindset who also would be like okay now give me the harder puzzle 
I don't, I haven't finished the book yet. I'll, I'll have to come back. Well, next time I will have finished the book and we'll see if it really is a binary or if it's a spectrum. Um, cause I do, I don't think, but yeah, so that would be a really interesting thing to see. Like I, I recognize that I f used to feel like my intelligence was all that I was born with and I can't change it. And now I'm hoping to be proved wrong. <laughs> I'm hoping to stretch. And some stuff, I think you're, you can't be five inches taller if you're just not five inches taller, unless you wear really big heels, right? Like some of that I think is fine. And that's where we accept where we do have limitations or where there are places of like literal growth will no longer happen. But it always goes back to our feeling management, our mood, our goals, our emotional intelligence, our literal what we just like know and learn, I think connections, like all of that can constantly be cultivated and changed and grow in some capacity. Like, no, maybe your IQ can't get higher, but you could still learn more stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, like the two are not mutually exclusive, right? So yeah. I think that that's, it's kind of leaning into what we do have power over, what can change, what we can put our energies toward and kind of leaving what we don't. And if we're spinning our wheels about the stuff we're trying to like, I just want to grow two more inches at 30 something. Well, you're going to be there all day, bro. <laughs> like it's not going to happen. You know? So like, let's get over here of what can I do at my height currently that I think I need to be two more inches for and like put my energy into making those things happen at my current. Yeah. I actually, but I like that. The analogy of height, right? Like I need to be high uh, taller so I can be a better volleyball player, or basketball player, whatever. I'm like, Right, but like look at Muggsy Bogues or look at, I don't know any, I'm so sorry. I don't know enough about volleyball to mention a short volleyball player, but I'm like, and I don't know enough about volleyball to even make the reference, but I guarantee you that there are good volleyball players who are not six feet tall because they work, they dig, they're the diggers, they're the setters, they're, you know, yep. right? Like, I'm they're, they're really like right? Like, so just because like, yes, it would be nice. The height would be nice so you can block and spike, but like, also, you can practice jumping anyway, and you can gain on your vertical versus anyway. So I think we're, we're belaboring the point, but it is something to keep in mind with your mental health and your goals to say, like, if you've been doing something in a way that's maladaptive for however many years, the six weeks of coaching or however long you're using is not automatic, but it's just the intention and the awareness. And those are kind of some of the first steps. Mm -hmm of where we can go mm -hmm. and you can set goals and you can reach them yeah and not every goal has to be monumental yeah you know absolutely and you just gotta you just gotta do something there's yeah. no action nothing's happening yeah so it's taking those first steps mm -hmm. so i'm obviously like i said i'm putting your stuff in the um in the bio but again i'm gonna push she's got a newsletter go out and listen to it tell me about the tuesday tea Tuesday Tea is my little email series that folks will get on Tuesdays. I don't even really like tea that much myself, but it rhymed best. So I have like Tuesday coffee or Tuesday smoothie, but Tuesday beverage, but Tuesday, I'm here for like a good alliteration. So uh, because you have that amazing smoothie shot by your, that's basically I have a uh, what do I have? A sip of the week. So a little topic and then a post tea pursuit. So a little challenge and then always updates about things that are coming down the pipeline. 
never too long. The idea would be that it's bite-sized adjustable. Just another little thing to, to get you thinking a little differently or remind you of something or set one of those little small goals. Sometimes just coming up with goals is hard. So I always put one in there, a challenge for you that you can kind of make your own. And I'm here to keep you accountable if you want to let me know about it or tell friends. And it's just a way to stay connected and, and stay in the loop about all the exciting things that I will be rolling out as this yes. business continues to grow. I also do have one other little tool that can be really helpful this time of year. Speaking of things being challenging or feeling like things can't change or not knowing how to use our voice in situations. I know the holidays, while mm-hmm. very awesome and exciting and fun for some, can mean stress and doom and terror and avoidance. And I want to close my eyes and wake up and have it be January. Sure. So I put together a very easy to use workbook on how to thrive, not just survive this holiday season. It touches Mm -hmm. on how to set expectations with loved ones around the holidays. One of the biggest things I get asked, uh, especially by if I parent clients is, you know, how do I tell my family we're not coming to all the houses Christmas morning? How do we, how do we talk about that? Right. Cause that yeah. doesn't sound like fun for, for you. That's fun for them, but you're just schlepping your kids around and it, it wasn't a good day. Right. Yes. For some people that's their jam, but for others, I feel like they don't, they want to get out of that expectation. So how do we set those early? How do we do them compassionately and clearly one around just navigating holiday stress? Financially, it can be hard, especially in such a consumer society. It seems like more and more and more, and you need to spend mm-hmm. this much and get this. And that can be hard and tight at the end of the year or for yes. certain budgets. And especially just these days, everything's expensive. So mm-hmm. how to just navigate the stress of finances, of parties, of obligations, of et cetera, and then how to navigate triggers. Unfortunately, I think really hard things happen around this time of year, or we notice them more. So deaths, losses. Um, just fallouts with family and now you have to see those family members that you don't normally talk to maybe really different beliefs within the family and so sitting around a table can feel really triggering and hard to do with certain people maybe you feel really lonely because you don't have anyone and so that is triggering in a different way and then how to just like reconnect with your meaning of the season like your joy what does christmas actually mean for you because it doesn't have to mean what it means for everyone else but if i sat down and really thought about it like what am I connected to about this time of year and how can I really capitalize on that? So it's a quick but very rich workbook. And then you'll also get an email every Monday in December from me diving in a little deeper with a short video on each of those topics just to really round that out. And it's only $9. So it's like a steal. But this can be the gift you give yourself. This is where you practice putting yourself at the top instead of everyone else. And map out the season so it's joyful and exciting and different than you imagined it could be it doesn't have to just keep being a hard time of year because it's always been a hard time of year i'm not saying it'll be magically just glamorous but it can be different it doesn't have to be what it has been and i think that we all can make those little moves and they'll have such a huge impact that's absolutely right is yeah right like you're talking about setting those expectations and how do you feel confident in finding the language and and sometimes honestly even getting to a space where you realize that you can set that expectation and you yeah. do run your own life and I mean some of you some of you if you're listening and you're underage you're like well no I have to go to grandma's I'm like well you might but also have that conversation in a meaningful way 
can I go to grandma's, but I also want to go to my girlfriend's or what, you know, whatever that looks like. So, and being able, again, I love, I just want to reiterate what you already just said, right? Like it doesn't magically guarantee a magnificent holiday. It does help you to be present in the moment and intentional about the conversations and the boundaries you're setting to have the awareness of some of these things. And that really can make small incremental changes and sometimes big changes in the ways that you have in the dread that you might have of like, oh, here we go another year versus I am going to participate in these ways and that's going to help it feel more manageable to me. Checking in with yourself, all of that. Just so, so, so helpful. Um, Yes. And I've, I've read it, so I can tell I, there's your testimonial that I very much agree with everything that's in it too. So not that it matters, but there you go. Oh, yeah. It's helpful. Wonderful. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited. I think it's lots of good things on the horizon and maybe there'll even be some collabs in the future yes. as we both continue to kind of grow and have all these new projects. But I think overall, just my big message is you drive your own life. Don't forget that. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. And you get to make those choices and you get to make those decisions and to step into that with confidence and to feel really empowered and emboldened. Sometimes it's scary as shit, but it's also so incredible at the end of it and sometimes it's going to be the wrong turn and we're going to have to like go back and our google maps goes offline and whatever else right it's not all a perfect road but we are still choosing it and we're still doing it and we still have ownership over it and that changes everything when something's taken away from us or we give that away such a different experience and the bad feels worse and this feels harder and it's just it doesn't have to be so right like if someone isn't actively literally taking our choice and freedom from us, for many of us probably listening, that is not the case right now, then why why are we just handing it out freely and why are yes. we giving it away so readily? Yes. So. Lovely. Lovely. Alicia Bauger Mudrock, AKM Coaching. All of this will be in the show notes. Please go follow her on Instagram, sign up for her newsletter, join us both in the book club. I will be there with bells on. I can't wait. Um, yeah. And then I'm going to be a little annoying right now, everybody, please make sure that you like, and subscribe. If you have a minute for some five stars, that'd be great. Maybe a little, even a little blurb. I would appreciate it. If you're on the YouTube side of things, subscribe, hit the bell for notifications, all that. I hate having to say that, but also you all showing up and listening is what keeps the lights on around here. So I really appreciate that. Alicia, thank you so much for coming back. I will put the link to our other episode. Now finish this one and go listen to the other one because that one was beautiful as well. And everyone out there, be curious, not judgmental. Goodbye. If spending time with the Perinatal Podcast is something you value and enjoy, it would mean so much if you could write a review of the show on your app and don't forget to subscribe so you get a notification when new content is posted. Take a moment to leave a five-star rating too. Fresh content is available on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your content, and you tuning in to every episode is what helps keep us going. Follow me at Amplify Wellness with Meg on Instagram, and you can find more content by searching the hashtag, The Perinatal Podcast. Our show is executive produced by David Presley and produced by Meg Duke. Our theme song was written and performed by Antoine McDuffie.